1: Hello and welcome to Life After Blindness. This is the podcast where we're dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode of Life After Blindness. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or any other episode, you can send your emails to me. Send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And you can find the show notes for this episode by going to lifeafterblindness.com slash two eight lifeafterblindness.com slash 28. Now, I said that this is a very special episode of Life After Blindness because Apple had their major fall event to announce their new product line. Now, they didn't announce everything that maybe we expected they would, but they did talk about a new Apple Watch, new iPhones, and a few other things. And so I thought it would be fun this week to talk to a couple of people about this, some Apple fanboys in their own right. And feeling a little bit um, international this week because I have some uh, just here from North of the Border, both of which are also AMI-audio contributors North of the Border in Canada. I am joined this week by Mike Fair. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. A pleasure. And also joined by Jay Taylor. Jay, thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's great to be here, man. Thanks very much for having me. So if you guys don't know, Mike and Jay, like I said, both contribute on AMI-audio in Canada. Uh, Jay is a community reporter as well as sometimes... Uh, we'll say technical contributor for the Double Tap Canada show that I'm also a part of. So Jay is... Yeah, you could you say you that. You yeah. could say that, yes. Uh, so Jay helps <laughs> us out with that. Now, now, Mike, I, I'm never, ever going to get this right. So what is your official title when you're on the Kelly and Company show on AMI?
2: I am an audio entertainment and tech expert, basically, is what they call me.
1: <laughs> yeah, what he said. So I, so-
2: <laughs> I cover uh, anything... Uh, Audio technology-wise, especially Apple, I'm I'm really focused on iOS because that's what I use all the time. And I also cover uh, audio uh, podcasts, uh, entertainment, uh, audio dramas, games... All that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, you've been doing that for quite some time too. So um, I'm very happy to have you on because you have been doing Apple stuff since the beginning. You've been involved in games, uh, audio games specifically. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on. And and Jay, like I said, you you've been a great contributor for us on Double Tap Canada with technology. So again, very happy to have you both here. So let's dive right into this. Like I said, Apple had their big fall event to announce their new hardware. This is coming off the WWDC developer conference they had earlier. Earlier this year in June, where they announced iOS 12, the big update for their operating system, and we'll get into that later. But first, guys, the announcements for their new hardware. We were expecting a new watch. We were expecting iPhones. The leaks had also inferred that there was going to be iPads, maybe Macs, maybe the uh, long-awaited power mat, charging mat for wireless charging, maybe even a new mini uh, HomePod. All kinds of leaks of, of things that people were hopeful for. None of that happened except for an Apple watch and iPhone. So before we get deep into the specifics of it, I just want to ask each one of you uh, if we could first talk about your overall impressions of this event. Uh, Mike we'll go ahead and start with you.
2: righty. well, I, uh, I quite liked it. Um, I, the watch took uh, a good chunk of it, and I think that was really uh, they, they had the most to offer there with the new watch and the, uh, the uh, uh, watch OS 5. Uh, a lot, lots there. Uh, the iPhone side of things was uh, a little, little less. Uh, I, I guess there, there, was not as much substance there for, uh, for, for me. Uh, but uh, certainly, uh, I'm, I'm, I have an iPhone seven here now. So I was, I've, uh, it's gotten to the point where it's interesting again. Uh, you know, there, there's enough new stuff there that I'm not in this place where it's like, oh, it's, it's pointless. There's not going to be enough new. So they, they've, but it's taken two generations <laughs> to get here. So yeah, they've uh, they've they've done some some good additions, I think.
1: Yeah, there were good additions, but no one killer new feature, like you kind of said there, but a lot of really good features, hardware wise, software wise. What did you think about the event, Jay? I uh, I kind of think uh, you know in this, in the same vein because
0: uh, you know you got to look at it this way. The whole goal of WWDC when this whole thing started was that uh, iOS 12 is going to be built more on refinement rather than adding a boatload of new features. So they're looking at refining what they're doing, and I think they carried that right over into the phones themselves. So, yeah, we got a couple of different models, but, again, they're kind of modeled the same way. So uh, just just a couple of little things here and there. But uh, I think this year, and the same thing goes with Apple Watch. I mean, they did upgrade the screen and they made the screen a little bit bigger, which is fantastic. One of the things I, I know a lot of people are kind of wondering about with all the rumors and the leaks is uh, if your watch bands are still going to fit. And yes, they will. So that's a good thing there. <laughs> yep. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, I'm very anxious to see the the larger size uh, of the screen to see what they've done with that. I think uh, it's, it's a great improvement there. But again, it's again focused more on refinement, which is something in the past few years. And I may be smacked for saying so, but, uh, I think they kind of went away from that they were focusing a lot on, you know, more and more features, 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 features this time yeah. around said, we're going to slow this down just a little bit. And we got, and so right now we look at it, the iPhone lineup, no home button. So we're all into the iPhone 10 or iPhone X, whatever way you want to call it. Right. You know, we're into that style of iPhone now, Okay, I'm all for it. Now we have some different models of it. And, uh, you know, it's a new design that came out. I think it's going to catch on really well. It had a year so far. And, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see where things are going. But uh, I'm very excited to see these new devices.
1: Yeah, let's unpack that a little bit, Jay, because you alluded to several different things that they've talked about here, plus iOS 12, and we're going to get into iOS 12 a little bit later because there's so much goodness in, in iOS 12, and I want to save that for for later on. But the way they presented things this week in the event, they started off Well, they started off with a video as they always do and had somebody getting the, uh, the clicker to Tim Cook so that he could uh, perform the keynote. I, I, I'm not sure how I felt about that video, so we won't really go into that as much. But once Tim <laughs> Cook came out, he immediately said, we're going to an announced two products today and i'm like oh well okay so let's let's um let's let's tone it down right here right off the bat let's uh, squash all expectations uh anybody thinking there's gonna be more than two things tim just took care of it right then and there um which is fine i had no problem with that especially if they do another event maybe later on another month or two and, and do the rest of them that's that's fine i don't mind that but they did talk, like I said, about a new Apple Watch and three new iPhones, like you said, Jay. And I first want to say the reason we're talking about all this, number one, is because I think a vast majority of people that are blind and visually impaired do use Apple devices. There are some of you out there that use Androids, and I I get that, respect that, absolutely. Um, But a lot of people that are blind and visually impaired use VoiceOver or Zoom or other accessibility features on uh, iDevices, as it were. And so that's why I feel it's important to talk about these things. And at this event, there were some things, I think, that could be considered useful for us. So let's talk about the Apple Watch first, since that's what they started off with at the event. The Apple Watch, like you said, Jay, is bigger in the sense of the screen size. They're going along the ways of the uh, the iPhone X with the bezel-less screen. That's the big new thing. Like yep. you said, it is still squared off, so you can still use your band. So I know that that'll make a lot of people very happy. And uh, so with more real estate it gets... That means you can get more complications on the screen at once. Um, a, a lot of different uh, features here, so let's kind of go through these a little bit because it wasn't just a matter of a, a maybe a bigger screen. There were a lot of other things. Mike, you want to talk to us a little bit about the Apple Watch?
2: Okay. Well, uh, the, the more complications is uh, certainly I imagine quite welcome uh, to to for blind people, uh, and the other things they had were um, uh, the the heart the the ECG capability that's coming out and that apparently yeah. is releasing in the u.s first and then it's going to spread uh, as fast as they can i guess get clearance uh, health clearance for it in the other countries because uh, they all have their own medical agencies that are going to have to approve this before it's directly available to consumers so it, it, the watch will basically allow you to take your own ecg and uh learn about your uh, more about your heart than ever before i guess so Yeah, there's that, and there's also the fall detection, where the watch will actually detect if you fall. It will bring up an emergency screen that that if uh, if you don't respond within a minute, it will initiate, uh, I guess, a call for help, uh, sending out uh, information to your emergency contacts automatically. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll call 911 without access to an iPhone or not. I don't know about that, but uh, it it looks like it will... uh, Activate and you have a minute to basically get up and, and stop this from from uh, from triggering. So uh, that I, I can see that being a major plus for blind people who you know we, we I take I've certainly taken the odd tumble and uh, uh, if I ever really did injure myself to the point of incapacity uh, that could be quite welcome and, and plus seniors uh, I can see this really being popular for that as, as well for. Uh, you know, just uh, for people to know that that you know they'll be alerted if any trouble uh, would uh, came to their their older relatives uh, that they were were monitoring for, uh, for that. So I can see a lot of potential here for, for attracting possibly new uh, customers to, to the watch experience. Well, that's
1: the thing about the Apple Watch is a lot of people complain, well, it doesn't have that one killer feature to make me want to buy it or doesn't have that one killer app to make me want to buy it. And my argument's always been, yeah, but it has a a, a plethora of different features. Things that it does that can attract a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, and if you find yourself going to it for some of those, then you'll stay hopefully for the other things that it offers. If that makes sense, you know, sense at all. If you buy it because you want fall detection and heart rate detection and, and those kind of health benefits, but then you also find you can use it for other activity tracking and working out and checking notifications and mail and all the other things that it can do without having to pull your phone out, you find that wow, okay, this does a lot more than I. I thought it, it may not have that one killer thing but all these things combined are almost kind of a killer thing together as a group and those things you mentioned Mike I really like those because these are things that we didn't know about uh when they talked about watch os5 earlier this year in the summer in, in the wwdc conference during that conference they they talked about the new things like walkie-talkie and siri shortcuts and how that would work on the phone and the watch and uh some of the new you know things that would be with watch os5 but we didn't know about these things and I'm really excited about it. The fact that you can do an echocardiogram and ECG on the watch, you can detect, I mean, you could already detect if your heart rate was too high. Now you can check if it's too low or if it's irregular. Um, and those are very important things to know health-wise and, and to be able to show your doctor and uh, to be able to you know, have it activate automatically for workouts. All these things included that with the fall detection and everything else really starts making it more of a health, uh, beneficial health device or aid rather than just a smart fitness watch um what what are your first thoughts here about uh, about the watch jay what do you think i think a, a couple
0: of different things i love all the stuff mike that uh, that you brought up i think uh, you know and you see a lot of uh, different ads and things about it over the last little while how apple watch in one way or another have uh, you know has helped in uh, whether it be an emergency situation or what have you and i i think it's it's great and I agree. People are saying, like, what's that one killer feature? I'm like, guys, it's a watch. What do we expect this thing to do? You know, what are we expecting time. from this device? Exactly. <laughs> it does that, and it does it well. Okay? So it does do that. The The other thing with it is, you know, uh, Tim, I completely agree with you. It, there's a whole pile of little things that combine together that make the watch a a fabulous device and whether it's just a simple vibration because sometimes i don't know about you guys but if i got my phone like in my coat pocket or something like that and if i forget to turn the volume on which i'm famous for doing you don't always feel the vibration so even just being notified by a a slight nudging on the wrist (laughs) that something has come into your phone whether it's uh you know time to get up and stand or it's a text message coming in you know the thing is you've just received that little notification and that notification could be uh for a parent for an example that their child is sick at school and you know it could be something along the lines of uh, a twitter feed saying that there's a traffic accident at such and such a place that you know like it's the little things that i think combine together that make it what it is My biggest thing with the watch this time around is that they have simplified the lineup. There's no longer uh, so many different versions of this thing. They're going aluminum and stainless steel. That's what they're sticking. Series 4 is what they're going with. They don't have Series 2 kicking around for a while. Series 1 kicking around for a while. They're going to keep Series 3. Great. Keep that for a little bit. And they've just simplified the lineup. And I think it's going to make folks, it's a lot easier to kind of decide which one they want. You know, uh, a couple new color options, which is kind of cool. I like those gold colors; look really nice. But uh, I think it's, you know, brought down simple, exactly what Steve Jobs would like in something like this. Give you some yeah. choices, but keep it simple, and that's what they've done.
1: Yeah, I think keeping it simple is extremely important, especially when you're in the market for a watch. I mean, you could argue that phones, people want to have different screens and different features and different feels for a phone maybe. But when it comes to a watch, you just want it to be a watch and and you want it to work and, and be streamlined. And I like, in a way, the idea of dropping you know the the series zero one and two in a way um and just saying you know what we're gonna we're gonna focus on the three and the four and streamline this whole thing because honestly if you're a person who doesn't have an apple watch now mm-hmm. i would say at minimum you should look at the three because of the pricing at this point or yeah. look at the four if you have the original the zero the one or the two and you're looking at upgrading i would skip the three and just go to the four. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah, that that's just my personal opinion. Right now, I have the Series 1, and I like it, but it's not quite as, as snappy as I want it to be, not quite as quick. I like the functionality of it, the features of it, but it just isn't as fast. And uh, the 3 appealed to me, but I just just wasn't ready at that point i just didn't feel like it was enough what seeing what they did with the the series four this week this is the one this is the one that's going to make me trade in my series one i've already gone to the website to see what the trade-in value is going to be how much cash they're going to give me for it on uh, on return that's the, and that's uh, the key question right there yeah, absolutely yeah, how much and do i get for that yeah. exactly i've already looked up for my uh, iphone 7 and my apple watch to see how much money they're going to give me back well, um, guess and I was, what
0: i have I have, a, I have a generation zero stainless steel here that is Scratched up. I mean, it looks like it was put through a dryer with gravel. So they might uh, take
1: it for recycle purposes. Yes, very very well. Might uh, you may have to pay them to take it away.
0: I will say this: it is still working beautifully. Like a little slow, a little slow. Like a gener, it's a generation one. Like, like literally the first one and uh you know it, it is a little slower i gotta give it that you know with the, with regards to the opening of the apps and stuff but all in all though it is still working good and uh i'm pretty much maxed out on my updates now i'm at uh, 4.3.2 <laughs> i think is where i stopped uh with this one but uh you know it's it's working so su- you know surprisingly well and it's been going now for for over three for about three years so you know i'm i'm still very happy with mine uh i much to my wife's chagrin, if she listens to this show, uh, that I am considering the four. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sold on the whole Apple watch concept yet. I, I haven't gotten one my phone is enough for me, but I, uh, that, you know, speaking of this longevity, I mean, that is one thing that they really pushed in this presentation was the environmental steps that Apple is taking, uh, you know, renewable, hundred percent renewable energy in all facilities worldwide. Uh, Da- including data centers uh that's that's pretty incredible and you know th- this whole trade-in thing and, and not only that but the longevity of products they uh, are supporting all the way back to the ios 5 uh, uh the iphone 5s yeah. with this ios 12 so and, and they're they're making it improve all the, the things like all the iphones are going to get feel snappier be faster, and so they're 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 really trying to fight this this whole notion that they're planned obsolescence beans that are, you know, forcing people to upgrade before they really really should, you know, that sort of thing. And I think they're doing a really quite decent job at that of of really ch- combating that and, uh, and 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 telling people, look, it's like like where else have you found. Somewhere where they, they're they're pushing these, announcing these new products, but they say, you know, you know reuse, you know, if, if you can still put this, your old phone to use, it will still, and it still works with the iOS to keep using it for as long as possible. Like they, they actually encourage people to do that, which is, wow, that's, that's kind of refreshing. <laughs> yeah, it's been
1: really refreshing to see that that they are accepting that because they could very easily just say, well, we're going to keep putting out a product every year and we want you to buy it every year. And I think they finally have seen over the course of time, I read an article recently that said the average iPhone user doesn't trade in their phone for two and a half years. So if people are getting two and a half years of of use out of a phone before they get a new one, well, then Apple's not they shouldn't at least be forcing you or trying to get you to get one every year yes they can every keep bringing year. one out and yeah. and, and innovating and, and bringing out new technology and upgrading what they've done and, and that's great and they should do that but their their average customer, isn't looking at it every single year. And so for them to say, you know what? iOS 12 is not only going to update the the modern phones and make them better and snappier and all that, but yeah, we're going to go back to the, to the 5S. We're going to go back four years in our products. In technology land, that is a long time. Four years is... Is eternity when it comes to technology. So for them to do that is a big deal. I mean, you're talking about um, you know, your your Series 4 or I'm sorry, your Series Zero J. I've got an old iPhone 5 that still works. The yep. glass screen is totally shattered and gone. The home <laughs> button had cracked and it's now gone. It's just a tiny little button that's on the inside mechanism. Yeah, yeah, I have to I've, stick I've my finger in the yeah, stick my finger in the hole to actually hit the button for the home button. But you know what? It works. The lock button doesn't work. The screen is is gone. The home button's gone. But the thing still works like a champ. It's like, are you kidding me? No, I can't run iOS 12 on it, unfortunately. I can only <laughs> no. get up to iPhone. Uh, or I, I'm sorry, iOS 10, I think, on it. But it still works. And that just is a testament to the hardware, testament to to what they have. And they realize that. And I'm glad that they have said you know what? We're going to do this and uh, and make sure that we continue supporting these products. So so before we move on to those other products, to the to the iPhone, uh, the, the iPhones that they announced, the Apple Watch, a couple of additional things on the Apple Watch. They did something with the digital crown, which is the button on the side that you can scroll or uh, you know scroll through different things on the watch face or hit the button to uh, to go into different menus. And it's now not really a mechanism as much as it is a haptic feedback. Button really I mean it's not really even a button in a way. It's almost kind of like what the home button became, starting with the iPhone Seven. It's it's just an area that's it's haptic touch when you use it, but it doesn't really physically do anything. Uh, I believe that freed up some space on the inside of the watch so that they could still do some other things and keep the battery life good, uh, which was another thing that they said the battery life will be exactly what it's always been, no less, no more, uh, which we're hoping for more, but but that's okay. It still gets you through the day, so that's fine by me. Um, but so with this haptic feedback, I bring that up because one, I mean, it's a neat feature, but for me as a blind person, guys, it's tricky sometimes when I scroll that, that digital crown because I can't always tell if it is really scrolling or moving and to have that haptic feedback in this case is going to be helpful because as you scroll it, it'll feel like it's clicking that each notch, you know, as you scroll it. And I think that'll actually be helpful tactily, don't you?
2: It sounds like it will. Yeah. I have yet to experience the watch as it is without that. So, but uh, it sounds like it would, it would be pretty helpful if, if it needed, it is, you know, working properly and you turn it and it it clicks for each thing you scroll past uh you know and it's it's not sort of i I can sort of picture if it if, if the vibrations are not solid enough that you might miss clicks
1: well that's i think what the hope is is that as you are virtually scrolling it you know you're running your finger over it it will react to that uh to that movement and in essence click you know vibrating as a click as if it were really spinning and clicking and and you're right as long as that is done properly which i'm I'm hopeful that it would be um that as you do that you'll feel as if it's spinning even though it's not and you'll feel each of those clicks and and feel like you're actually scrolling a wheel even though you really aren't and if that's true again i just think tactically that's going to be really helpful
0: agreed i think uh a uh, couple of the things with that with the haptic feedback and uh, they've done such a good job implementing such a thing into the iphone itself with that button i forget that the button is not there anymore you know i i, I click it it feels like a button and yeah, the same thing on the macbooks yeah. right the <laughs> same thing on those new macbooks yeah. when they did that when the first time it showed up with that imagine a new trackpad and you click on it and then you push down even further and it felt like it clicked again it it's brilliant how they made that feel that way. So this new thing here with the uh, with the dial, or I should say the digital crown. Let's get our terminology correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I think it's a it's a great thing because they've also done a couple of other things with this. Number one, increase the waterproof and dustproof rating to IP68, right? Yeah, which so is fantastic. Now, yeah, you know now you don't have to worry about it at all. Now my Apple Watch here, the generation zero, has seen its fair share of water. I'm not going to lie. Um, and it's still going fine. But one of the things I do find, and Tim, I don't know if you've ever found this one, but the dial itself, uh, you know, after a little while of wearing it, sometimes you can get gunked up with stuff, right? So it's this little yeah, absolutely. thing. And I think, in general, I think that will be uh, something that will be uh, greatly improved with this being more of a haptic thing rather than a physical moving, rotating dial you know, how it, it is like the dial itself is still going to spin, but I think the mechanism where it's more sealed is just going to prevent that from happening as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it goes right back to what I said at the very, very beginning, this whole time around. And I think from here on out, because they've been talking about longevity of their products is every year. Now it's, you see, you've seen it with their computers for years. Now, every time a new computer model comes out for the most part uh, model year to model year it's incremental differences so that you don't actually you know make the people who just purchased your product yesterday mad because they purchased yesterday and didn't wait for the other day you know what i mean so yep. you're looking at the more incremental updates and just refinements and things like that and i think this is uh, i think it's a new apple that we're seeing now i think uh, you know that's that's my opinion on it anyway
1: yeah, I think they're understanding the market and reacting to it properly because honestly, uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse too much here because I don't have the Series 4 yet, of course, but I'm hopeful based on what I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be based on what I know of the Series 3 and everything they announced with the Series 4. This could be a watch that I may not upgrade for at least at least three years, probably. I, I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if I you know take good care of it and and uh, use it properly. Um, you know, don't fall too much with it, um, <laughs> as you know as it will detect now if I do. Um, yeah. hopefully I can get. On you. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully I can get at least two years, maybe three out of it. And a lot of people say, "Oh, for a watch, well, really." But you know what? Those ten, twenty dollar watches I used to get. You know, the, the talking watches. that's all they did you know, I'd spend 10 or 20 bucks, but then, you know, six months later, I have to get another one because they broke, you know? So, um, so yeah, we're talking hundreds of dollars in this case, of course, but for what it does and for, for how good they're built. um, Yeah. I, I expect that I should get at least three years out of it and I won't be too mad. Now, if they have another one come out with just killer features and amazing things that I can't live without. Well, I'll consider that. But that's the nice thing about this is because the updates for Watch OS everybody's going to get that. So that's something else I wanted to touch on before we move on. Uh, if people don't know from earlier this year, I mean, they are introducing a new walkie talkie feature with watchOS. So that'll be available next week. So rather than making phone calls, which you can already do on the watch, you can just use kind of like those old Nextel phones where you just do a walkie talkie, hit a button, it'll beep, the person hears it, you know, and it's just that slightly time shifted conversation. That's going to be really nice for the watch. You're going to have a true Dick Tracy kind of experience now on your watch, uh, which you know I, I've been looking forward to my 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 grandfather god god rest his soul i know he would have been all in on having his dick tracy walkie talkie watch um Uh, you can see uh, tim
0: walking around now in the yellow trench coat and hat right you know
1: Exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, you Halloween. Know, watch out for Halloween. Home. Yeah. Yep. Watch out for Halloween. But yeah. So the walkie-talkie feature is going to be amazing. Siri shortcuts that we can talk about later with iOS 12 will also be available on the watch, so you can ask Siri to do a lot more things than you ever could before just through the watch. Uh, you'll be able to play podcasts now through the watch, streaming them and downloading podcasts through the watch. That's something new that they're going to be adding. Um, a couple of new watch faces. They're going to breathe watch face. So if you're somebody who likes the breathe feature, which I do actually, I have mine set up to do the breathe about three times a day for a minute and just to, to allow me to just take a moment and just, you know, relax and breathe and, you know, take a moment, you know, for that time to just just, you know, to to relax and they're going to have a new watch face. So as you raise your watch face, if you use that breathe watch face, it'll automatically put you into the breathe mode. Um, So all these kind of features, in addition to uh, they've added uh, fitness features for yoga and hiking and automatic detection for your workout. So if you are working out and you totally forgot to set your watch to to track the workout, it will detect that you're working out now and automatically kick in for you. And then you can go in and adjust it later. If it thought you were running, but you're actually on an elliptical or whatever, you can go and change it later and it will it will adjust as necessary. So all of these things in addition to the heart rate monitoring and the fall detection and you know the emergency SOS and all the other things we've talked about this is really rounding into I think a a premier product for them and something that isn't just a need as a tech geek. It's not really as much of a need for me anymore. I saw my wife this I've gone from wanting it or you know wanting it as a tech guy to needing it as a health fitness notifications, you know, all those kind of things. It's now become more of a need than a want as a compliment to my walk or a compliment to my phone. I can agree with that couple last things on the watch. They are finally adding some support for basic web interactions. This is something they announced earlier this year. So when you get those alerts, you know, text message, notification, or an email that's got a link to something that would go to the web, before it would say, oh, nope, sorry, you got to go to your iPhone and view that. Well, now you'll have kind of a mini web experience. People with vision, I don't know how much fun it's going to be to try to read uh, a website on your watch, <laughs> even with the larger display of the series four, because they're going yeah. to be uh, 42 millimeter and 44 mi- millimeter now, respectively for the new watch because of the screen <laughs> size, uh, the no bezels. But yeah, I don't know that a lot of sighted people are going to want to read uh, you know, web content on there. However, turn on voiceover. Cause that's going to be fantastic. I may never pull my phone out again because if I click on a link and it gives me a little mini web view, kind of like a reading view. Uh, and I can, you know, l- at least read the content of a website on my watch. that will be fantastic with voiceover. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, again, with all these other, other new features. So, um, it
0: should be pretty interesting that, uh, that web browser thing. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know how to, I mean, use the zoom, I guess, you know, anybody who can and see how that goes for you. But, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing pans out. I'm really kind of curious.
1: Yep. They did announce that uh, the Apple Watch is not only the number one smartwatch in the world right now, but it's actually the number one selling watch in general, according to Apple. So that was quite interesting because a lot of people keep saying, well, the watch is is you know a dud. It's not any good. Nobody uses it. doesn't have any killer feature. And yet it's the best selling watch, not just smartwatch, but watch in general. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> when- interesting. Um See, this gets me, and this gets me in one way. Like they say, you know, with, with the killer,
0: it goes back to the whole killer feature thing again. You pick any of the other smart watches that are on the market right now. We just had the Galaxy Gear, or the Galaxy Watch, just and just, uh, launched from Samsung there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, some other ones. What, what's different besides the fact that one connects to Android, one connects to iOS? What is a key feature of, say, the Galaxy Watch over? the apple watch
1: nothing or vice versa nothing that i'm aware of and and the only thing i would say no forgive me android fanboys but uh the apple watch is more accessible
0: i will go along with that yes you know but again it goes that feature you know what's like we want this thing to do all kinds of little things we need you know and this is what the general public have to stop doing they have to stop thinking in that you know uh, the two-dimensional way of that it's got to be do this one killer thing Whereas now we're looking at this doing a whole pile of small things like my phone. Like I have the iPhone eight and uh, you know, someone I know like Mike, you said you have the iPhone seven and and different things like that. But the thing is with it, there's not much differences between the two. I I upgraded from the SE to the iPhone eight. So for me, it was a substantial upgrade. But uh, with that, I mean the cameras and different things like that, there's not one feature of the iPhone eight that has brought me Uh, from the se it was just the fact that you know okay the screen was a little bigger that was kind of cool but it was just you know one of those things this does everything so a pile of small things equals one big thing
1: Yep, Jay, I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I'm curious to know what the listeners think. If you guys have questions or comments about this Apple Watch announcement, email me, Tim, at LifeAfterBlindness.com. Curious to know what you guys think, and I'll share that next week. You get those emails in to me. So moving on to then the other part of this, because there was the these parts in the middle where they announced two new iPhones, and then it became WWDC all over again, and they did like three or so different developer Uh, parts of the show and they were talking to developers, having them show off their games and their apps and things. And I'm like, didn't we already have WD WDBC? What what's going on here? Um and I was really fearful because as you mentioned, the uh iPhone SEJ, we were all hoping that there'd be that lower end new replacement for the SE because a lot of blind people really enjoyed the experience of the SE. And I was getting nervous. I'm like, okay, they're they're doing all this developer stuff. Is this it? And thankfully, Tim Cook came out, and it wasn't really one of those classic Steve Jobs "one more thing" kind of moments, but it was kind of a "we happen to have another thing."
2: Yeah, there's this.
1: Yeah, so so they talked about the new iPhone line. Now they are calling them 10, but 10s, 10s Max, which is not easy to say if you say it quickly, and then the uh, trust me, I tried, <laughs> and the 10R. Now the 10. S and the 10 S max are what you would think they would be. As we've had in the past, the 5 S, the 6 S, these are now the 10 S. So the second generation of the 10, although they are discontinuing the 10, um, they're, they're not going to offer that anymore, but this is kind of that follow-up to the 10 with little tweaks, little, little things here and there. And then the 10 R, which is basically everything the 10 has, except for a couple of, uh, external kind of changes. So what did you think about this new lineup of of iPhones, uh, Mike?
2: I quite uh, like the idea. It's at the point now where I would be. It is tempting. Like I'm actually tempted uh, from my seven to upgrade. Uh, I, I probably won't. I think I can get another couple of years out of the seven, but it. You know, if I'm forced to, I I will with joy. Um, <laughs> they have. Oh, I would. I'd feel i feel so. I'd for, feel so
0: bad for you if you had oh, to do that. Yeah.
2: You know. oh, We've mourned the passing of Michael Fair's <laughs> iPhone seven. It's got run over the pizza truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. Lovely. <laughs> but you know, it it, it they have. Um, you know, with with the iPhone, the 10s and the and the X the, the SX. It's all about the screen. That really is the big thing—the OLED display. So, you know, for my money, as a blind person, you go right down to the 10 uh, 10R, yep. and you have a, a LCD, the best LCD display ever in a smartphone, ever in a smartphone, according <laughs> to Tim, yep. the Big Tim, you know, <laughs> uh, ever, ever, and you know. So we have this 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 6.1 inch uh, display that uh, so it's it's right in between apparently the, the sizes of the 8 and the 8 plus so i, I now i have yet to feel either of those phones so i don't really have a proper concept of the size but it uh, you, you get the, the same chip which is the most important for me is you, for blind people i mean the chip is is that's what you want you want to keep that as up to date as you financially can you mm-hmm. want to keep uh storage uh you know is, is good you got uh uh, the the 64, the the 128, and the 256 on the iPhone 10R. So if you really need, you know, 512 gigs, then you might have to go up, go to the S uh, and the uh, SX. But otherwise, I think you're fine. Um, so you're not really missing out on any even stereo recording. I've I've seen a couple of indications from people that there are that you will be able to record in stereo yep. on the 10R. So even there, like you're you're getting all the internals the a12 bionic chip the uh you know the, you get one camera that's another difference the one versus two cameras i really don't know how much in a blind person experience those extra cameras are going to do um you know i think one is probably going to be fine for for most of, of what we would typically do uh now maybe for, for photographer actual photographers and there are some blind ones um, that really specialize in, in taking these photos. Maybe there, there'd be something I don't know because I'm not an expert on this camera stuff, but I would be quite happy with the one uh, new camera with, uh, with the depth edition. I, I'm, I'm sure like camera improvements do affect ease of identification of objects, which is something we do a lot. They do affect uh, OCR, you know, results if you're using uh, seeing AI or other OCR apps, KNFB Reader.
1: But at this point, I think our OCR is pretty good, don't you think?
2: Well, yeah, but but that's still to say that a better camera doesn't help is, oh, sure. is I think is is cause I, I see that from blind people will say well, well what do we care about the, the screen and the and the camera and well I mean the screen yeah if you're visually impaired I, I you know if you have low actual vision uh, to use I would I would expect the OLED to make some it, it, it can get blacker so you'd think that would help in some, in those circumstances for people uh, the contrast it sounds like would be better. But I think you know with the with the R. I mean, you're getting you're getting pretty much everything you'd want as a blind customer. At uh, I think the American price point was 749, something like that, which which means it's going to be over a thousand for Canadians by a good chunk. Yeah, I believe uh, the beginning but,
1: price on the R in Canada is 9.99. So yeah, it, it's a bit of a jump.
2: Wow. <laughs> Definitely get that on contract. Yeah.
1: But that being said, though, I, I agree with you. When they were announcing the 10S and the 10X Max, boy, you gotta be careful when you say that. Um, yeah. I, I was impressed <laughs> as a as a tech guy. I was impressed. I was like, wow, okay, fast chip with the A12 and the processes that it's gonna do, and it's gonna be this much faster than the 10, and so much faster than the 8. And wow, the OLED screen. If only I had vision to see this OLED screen, you know, boy, the games I could play and, and the movies I could watch wow, these are great, but I'm not going to buy one. I I will uh, keep on with my iPhone 7 with the improvements to iOS 12. And I need a new battery in my iPhone 7. So I'm sure once I get the new battery in there uh, before the end of the year, before that uh, deal goes away, because in the States right now, it's $29 to upgrade your battery if you need it to to be upgraded by the end of the year. And then it'll go up to like 50 or 60, I think. But um, so if I can upgrade my battery and iOS 12 makes it as good as it, as it has been, then I can get away with it and just keep my iPhone seven, like you said, Mike, for, for at least another year. And then they talked about the 10 R and I'm like, okay, wait, so it's got the (laughs) same guts as the S and the S max. It's got, you know, yes. Okay. One camera, but I'm not a big photographer that doesn't bother me. And it'll still be great for for OCR. Like you said, Mike, and, and all that. And, um, Okay, so it doesn't have the gold trim and the surgical stainless steel of the uh, S and the S Max. It's just LCD screen and aluminum. Okay, well, that's what I've got currently. They're just upgraded to be better, so I can deal with that. Otherwise, other than the body build and the screen and the camera, everything is the same. And it's actually the screen size because physically in in physical size, it's the same physical size as an eight, but the screen is a little bigger than the eight because of the no bezels. It is bezel-less as they all are. So it actually is a little bit bigger screen than the S and smaller, of course, than the max. So why am I not going to get the R, especially as a blind and visually impaired person, this is my phone. And after I found out that they'll buy my seven for $200, um, okay, that just made the R uh five forty nine. Sure. Yep, sign me up. Um, I- I'm I'm all in. Now, of course, I- I've gotta, you know, look at the finances, <laughs> talk to the wife. Um because, <laughs> because I was all in before- also also known as ask permission. Ask <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Because I was all in on selling her on getting me a, a new Apple Watch. She she was on board with that, right. understood that. We agreed we'd wait another year for us to each get iPhones. But now I'm like, "Hmm, yeah. um, Uh, Now the
0: king, now the king has hit the, you know, the wrench has been thrown into it.
1: Yeah, I I could live without the eight, could live without the ten, but this ten R could I live without it sure but do I really really want it yes I do yeah so so all that said Jay we, we've got these different cameras you know the different camera of course with the 10r like we said the body build is a little you know okay it's not surgical grade stainless steel it's not gold trimmed you know no OLED screen and, and as somebody with some vision that that OLED screen may benefit you like like Mike was saying for contrast and color brightness and true colors and, and the blacks are blacker mm-hmm. the whites are whiter for me the blacks are blacker the whites are blacker I mean it's not really, you know, it doesn't really do me any good because I have no vision, but but you've got some. Um, what, what do you think about this new lineup of, of iPhones, Jay? I uh,
0: I gotta say I I was actually into our local Apple retailer today and, um, you know, I picked up the 10 because, uh, again, because this is the form factor of where things are going now and, and again, just kind of messing around with it and the screen, I will say this, it is a beautiful screen, you know, there's no doubt about it. It, it, it really looks Good, it's crisp. But I also find the screen of my iPhone eight looks good and crisp and things like that for for what I use it for. I just as we were speaking here, I actually went online and I looked through Apple's website. And just to comp- just, let me just let's just compare a couple of things here because I really found this to be very very interesting. You look at the iPhone XS, right? It starts uh, here in Canada at thirteen seventy nine. Is what that starts at? Ouch. Yeah, I think it's, it's a thousand
1: a five, in the states. I think it's nine ninety nine in the states for U.S. money. It's
0: a five point eight inch display,
1: right? Smaller the than the I believe.
0: XS Max is six point five inches. Yep. Starting at fifteen nineteen. Now these are not subsidized prices. These are cash by the phone. That's what it is. So exactly. Yep. Through the carriers and things like that. I mean, there will be some deals. i
1: I think that starts at so. twelve. <laughs> I think the max starts at like twelve or thirteen hundred in the states. So yeah, a couple, d- yeah. couple hundred dollars less, right? So now
0: here we go to the XR, and it does come in several different colors. True. I think about five or six, yep. There's actually, I'm looking at uh, six different colors here, and we're looking at a 6.1-inch screen. So right in the middle. So right off the bat, you have what's classified as the budget phone at a bigger screen size with the same guts as the xs exactly right the the finishing touches the camera now i have my iphone 8 was down to florida not too long ago and took some miraculous shots with the camera that was in there mine does not have double lens i use the standard 8 not the 8 plus so i'm like okay that's perfectly fine might not get the portrait mode that's okay i'm i'm myself i'm fine with that but I'm, I was very interested to see. I was expecting both to be the same size. But here you go. You have this XR. So really, it's appealing to the folks that want to get the latest and greatest phone, right? And they're right in the middle of these two. So you got the you know, the XS, the SX, or XS Max. Boy, you do have to be careful with that one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. and then but then you have this guy just sliding right in the middle that hits a very 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 good sweet spot for uh, a lot of people that are on that cusp of upgrading am i going to be rushing out to get rid of my iphone 8 right now for that no because finish or not aside what's the first thing you do when you buy a new iphone you put a case on it right you know so it doesn't matter what color it is it doesn't matter this that or the other thing because you're never going to see it anyway you know so that's my take on it. <laughs> no, I I mean I have, a, I have a case on mine right now and my my uh, space gray iPhone looks red and it looks really cool. I kind of like it. And you, you know, know,
2: I I have this new life proof case I just bought and honestly, I didn't even look at what color it was. I have no idea. I'm going to have to ask the sighted person next time I see. Yeah, I've used Otterbox Defender (laughs) cases. I've used a
1: LifeProof case. Quite honestly, I just have a clamshell case that just snaps on the back of my phone at this point because it's... Good enough when I drop the phone or, or, or you know scuff it or anything like that. It hits the sides and the back, and it rarely ever hits the screen. I've not had any kind of problems with it. The one and only time I ever had a problem was that iPhone five that's got a shattered screen, and that was a total fluke. It was actually in an OtterBox Defender case when it shattered. It was in my pocket. <laughs> I, I was walking down a hallway. There was like a guardrail or a, or something on on the wall. And my cane, I was kind of close to the wall, but but not quite. It not, was closer, apparently, than I thought I was. And my leg smacked into the end of this guardrail just the right oh. way, just the right spot, through my pocket, on the front of the OtterBox Defender case, and still shattered the screen. So even with a case like that, it can still have that happen. And I had the life proof Ooh. before that. I haven't bought yep. any of those cases since I've just put a clamshell on the back to give me some grip because they're such a slippery, you know, sleek phone and they're beautiful design. Yeah. They're beautiful, des- des- you know, uh, design of the phone and-, and everything. The one I've got, the iPhone seven, I've got the, uh, the-, the the black, I forget what they call it, the matte black, you know, the, the total black phone. So it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I can't see it. And I've got a black case on it now as a little clamshell that I only wanted really just to give me some grip so I wouldn't drop it. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. You're going to put a case on it. So the colors, there are people that don't put cases on. So if they want the colors, that's fine. Or they know, hey, I got that color underneath my case. Yay. Um, good for them. But I, I totally agree. I think that if you are someone with low vision enough or or obviously sighted and you want that quality screen that the OLED brings, you you want the extra durability per se, you know, that the, the, the other uh, two phones offer go for it. If you got the means, yep. you know, fine. If now, if you're already in an, if you're using an iPhone eight or a 10, I don't know that I would upgrade kind of like we were all saying. I mean, I've, I've got an iPhone seven. I'm not, uh, I wasn't going to look at it last year at all. And I'm only intrigued this year because of what the R is providing. Otherwise I had no intention yeah. to do it this year. Um, so I don't know that if somebody has last year's model that you have to rush out and do it this year, I think you're perfectly fine. The way that being said, if you have a, an older model, you know, especially if you're a six or six S person, I think this is the time to be really looking. If you're a seven or later, you could probably get by another year. I would think you should be able to. Yeah, maybe (laughs) even more. But if you're a six or six S right now, especially this 10 R this is a blind or visually impaired person. This is replaced that SC is the, is the blind edition phone in a way people always tease. I would think, you know, so. yeah, I would think, yeah. I mean, yes, it's more expensive than the SE was out of the box, but you know, with the trade in now that they're buying back your phones and devices, you, know, you can get some money back on that to help out maybe a little bit. Um, and, and, and this, I'm just, I'm intrigued. Like you said, Jay, you're talking about a phone that's got all the other guts of the other two new phones. It's just the aesthetics of the screen and the build and one camera. Really? I'm I'm not sold then on why I need to buy the other two. It's like this, the build quality. And I mean, as you, as we all
0: know, as users of these phones, the build quality of these phones right now is phenomenal. Like, you know, as long as you got to treat these things, they're not like the old phones and the flip phones of years gone by that you could take and you could kick around your floor. You know, these things, you know, we have to treat them as small computers because well, that's what they are. But I think, you know, any phone well taken care of regardless of the finish is going to last you perfectly fine. It's just a matter of uh, you know, what means the most to you and that's one of the things that when when I actually spent a bit of time working for Apple that we 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 big focus that we had was find out what is it that your customer is looking for? What means the most? To the customer and go from there so really you just got to decide yourself what's the features i'm looking for the most do you want that big 6.5 inch with the 512 gigs which i don't even have on my computer i don't have those on two computers here in the house <laughs> like you know like that's ridiculous and i got a theory on that and this is my thing i like to say this the more space you have available on your phone the more
2: crap you keep on it
0: yeah, that's probably I,
2: true. I sort of, I could, that resembles, <laughs> I resemble that remark, Jay. I, I, I have I have a, a 128 gig iPhone 7, and it is yep. full of audio dramas. I collect modern ones, um, books, uh, music. I've, I've probably got 38 gigs of music on there. Uh, it's, you know, it, you have room, so you, you put it there, and you don't yep. delete unless you have to, and, and it builds up. I it could does. probably fill that 512 gigs if I really worked at it. Oh, I, be I could quite, in
0: a heartbeat. Uh, you
2: know? I, would, I would be quite happy with, with 128 again or, or 256. That would be luxurious for me. I'd, you know, I'm going me m- to floor pipe,
0: everybody like, by letting you in <laughs> that I only have a 64 gig.
1: I think it's doable.
2: See, I, could, I, have, I could do that if I had to. I have a I 64 gig anymore.
0: and I still have 40 <laughs> gigs available.
1: You know I'm not really surprised by that because depending wow. on the wireless plan that you've got <laughs> you can get away with that. I don't know what they're like there in Canada and, and you know as you as a newfie, but um I've I'm still grandfathered into an unlimited plan like an old unlimited plan not these new well they're unlimited but they're not limited, you know limited. you blah, blah, yeah I I'm, yeah. I'm truly in an old fashioned unlimited plan that that they've never kicked me out of thankfully and so I don't care. I stream music no matter where I am, Wi-Fi or not. Um and uh download download things no matter where I am, watch Netflix no matter where I am, and just use up that unlimited uh, bandwidth. And See,
2: We've gone over, I, I used to go over, uh, you know, moving data, deciding, oh, I don't want these books anymore, I want these other books on. I've, we, we went over our data limits, my wife and I, and it was me, I went over those data <laughs> limits. Uh, so now, now we have an unlimited plan and I don't yeah. have to worry so much, but storage is valuable for that. I mean, if you can just keep, if you can keep more on, and and not have to shuffle so much. That does yeah. cut down on if you have one of these limited data plans. That's something to consider, I think. But five twelve in a phone just smacks of wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I think they said on a, a five
1: twelve uh, gigabyte phone. I think the number they gave was four hundred thousand photos. Uh, as I teased my yeah. wife that night after the event, I said, "Well, you're about three fourths of the way there, right?" So. Um, she wow. just snaps photos wow. and videos like crazy, but um, but no, I, I'm I'm not going to be in the market for a 512. I've got a 128 now, and I've probably only filled half of it because I stream so much, and uh, you know I upload things to Dropbox and my iCloud account and, and all that, so I use the cloud as much as I can. But yeah, I, I personally don't have a need for the 512, and well, I can't afford the 512. So um, well, I was going to say
0: after your comment to your wife, a little bit of our listeners know you're walking around with a black eye right now. Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway. So so <laughs> yeah, so the 128 will be more than. an enough for me if if i uh, can get my hands on it but you said something earlier jay that that i thought was interesting because it does show a company like apple and what their interests are as this you know as you said before new apple because they do focus so much on what the customers want yes of course they want to innovate and make things of their own and and push products on us and say you don't know that you want this or need it but we're going to release it and make you think you want it or need it anyway. Um, Apple uh-huh. has been kind of, you know, famous for that, infamous maybe for that. Um, but they are in this new age of Tim of Tim Cook saying, you know what, we are going to deliver things that we think are going to be useful, things that our customers want. And to that point, moving on to kind of our, our next segment here, starting with WWDC earlier this year when they held that in June, they made a point to say there aren't going to be any major big features this year for iOS 12. We're going to go back like you guys were talking about earlier in the show. We're going to work on stability. We're going to work on bugs. We're going to work on speed and, and and all those kind of things. And we're really going to just work on making iOS 12 more robust and stable and fast and all these things because we realized iOS 11 wasn't what it should or could have been. And so don't expect a whole lot of big new bells and whistles. We're just going to clean it up and make it nice. And they really have done that. I've been involved in the beta now for about a month. I know, uh, Jay, you've been in it at least that long or longer. And it is snappy. It is really nice. But it also does actually have some nice new features involved in it so I want to talk a little bit about iOS 12 and Mike I want to go to you because you actually have been working behind the scenes on writing an iOS 12 handbook and I know hopefully by the end of the year you'll have that out for everybody to read so we will definitely revisit that and plug that at the time but going into this preliminarily everything you know about iOS 12 what are your thoughts about iOS 12 Mike and uh, what are some of your favorite features that it was that it's going to offer?
2: Well, I really like the uh, the thought of group group FaceTime calls when it comes out. I, that is appealing to me. I'd love to see how oh, they yeah. handle that. Uh, so, and unfortunately, that's not going to be in the first in the first public release. So I have to wait till uh, till they re- they're ready to release that. Um, but uh, also the uh, I, I guess the books uh, Apple Books iBooks is changing again to Apple Books, and when they do something like that, you know, they're going to put some more umph behind it. So I'm eager to see what they've decided to do. I don't really have much, in you know, in, in knowledge as to how that's going to go. I heard some of the WWDC lectures. I, I always try to catch those, and uh, you can you can watch the videos and things. So I, I always try to do that. Uh, and I I don't have really a good clear sense of how much that app is going to change. See, the more they change, the more I'm going to have to wreck and rewrite in my guide and, and this is kind of read them and weep time for me i'm going to find out just how much i i presumed wrongly or written that i should have waited and maybe found out for sure how that's going to go uh i hope braille does better uh that's one thing that uh, is is you know with ios 11 came out and they had the the horrible instances of of you know the the blue the braille just not cooperating with bluetooth uh they if if they're going to be in the educational space you can't afford that I, I you know students were really caught by that and you know if you're relying on braille and suddenly it's it's that problematic to use that's a big problem so i'm hoping they've really in, in, in for the accessibility like that's i haven't heard much about accessibility wise what they've added uh people have been very tight-lipped about that and So I'm hoping that there's a lot of polish other than these two new voices for voiceover, um, South African and Irish, I believe they're male voices uh, coming for voiceover. I don't know what else they've done there at all. And I'm eager to find that out. <laughs>
1: when it comes to Braille, I think you're right. The Bluetooth connectivity of a Braille device isn't the best. And and they have been working on that, I think, a little bit with iOS 12. What I'm intrigued with, and I'm not really a Braille user, but I, I am impressed with the Braille screen input that they put into iOS 11. And they have been tweaking that through the beta process of iOS 12. So hopefully that'll be a little easier to use because I know people it's no problem to turn it on and, and no problem getting it going. I actually did a tech tip on life after blindness a, a few episodes back or a couple of episodes back on how to turn it on and activate it and get started with braille screen input. And, and that said a couple people that I've talked to about it, that've written me emails about it said, that's great. And they can get it going and, and turn it on. But, using it is still a little tricky, trying to get the buttons aligned and and the dots aligned. It's still a little iffy in iOS 11, but I'm hoping that'll be cleared up in iOS 12. Um, So yeah, from the blind to visually impaired standpoint, for voiceover standpoint, other than a couple new voices and uh, maybe tweaking you know, things for Braille a little bit, I don't know if there's a lot there for us when it comes to that. However, I would say that even in using uh, the beta of iOS 12, I've noticed that they've streamlined things a lot more. So where you used to hit when you did an edit button, and then you'd have that separate button for reorder this or more you know, options on this. Now it's just a matter of swiping up and down, and you can do a delete or a move up, move down, things like that. That that streamlining is so much nicer with Voiceover uh, to be able to do that rather than having to. You know, hold, you know, push awesome. and hold, and, and you get that reorder button, and then make sure how many times you've moved it, and all that kind of thing. So, think little things like that that they're paying attention to with VoiceOver, I think, are going to be very helpful with iOS 12. What I think is going to be a big deal for iOS 12 for everybody, but especially people that are blind or visually impaired, is Siri shortcuts. Jay, what are your thoughts on Siri shortcuts? I know it's not been in the public beta; it's only been available for developers. Although you can kind of get a backdoor to it and, and use it a little bit through settings, but what are, what are your general thoughts about how Siri Shortcuts could work and, and change things?
0: Siri Shortcuts, I will be honest with you. Uh, I, I have, that's one of the features I haven't followed most uh, for iOS 12, um, mostly because of the fact I am not a huge user of Siri <laughs> in general. And some of you might go, oh, my God, Really? But, no, it's true. I, you know, do the very basic little things and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I I think, though, as it gets integrated more into other apps and different things like that, the the fact that they've actually opened up Siri right now, I think now is the time when you're going to see it become the competitor to Amazon and Google that we are looking for. Because right now, in my opinion, Humble opinion, uh, Siri is a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to the other two services. So having the access that they're going to have and the developers are going to have to get into Siri, I think uh, it's going to be a better thing as it as it develops.
2: I would tend to agree with that. I was going to say too that they do a lot. They'll introduce these features, and we don't really see the implications right away. A lot of the time because the developers it, it needs their their creativity to make use of them like the custom rotor in voiceover uh you know the same kind of thing you can make custom rotors in your apps now and, and t- turn the rotor to a feature say in ulysses the word processor i use and it's misspelled words and you can go up and down to the different misspelled words and or action uh, different actions and in, in, there was a crossword puzzle game that had that too where you turn the rotor to uh go up and down you know, the, the rows and columns and stuff of your puzzle. So it's, it's and, and of course, right away is when it was launched, there was not much to do with it. Uh, but now there are quite a few instances in apps of that custom rotor ability being used. And this is the same with these shortcuts. You know, it's one of these things that like a year from now, We'll probably be so immersed in these things that we'll wonder how we got along without them and where they've been uh-huh. all this time.
1: Yeah, I definitely yep. agree with that. I'm not always the best at remembering to use Siri either. However, I'm you know used to using my Amazon Echo and I talk to it all the time. Um, so you would think that we would be more adept at using Siri. And and I and I agree with you, Mike. I think that over time, as we realize. The functionality of it and, and the usefulness of it, if it truly works out the way they say it should, I think that series shortcuts is going to be something really important uh, for us to use, not just to the average user, but especially those of us that are blind and visually impaired. Because rather than having to hunt around for that app and hunt around for the button that's within the app and finding that function, if you know that a particular app, especially a third party app, has implemented a series shortcut for something or something you can train it to use that's going to be so huge. I mean, they they lost the ability several years ago, a couple of years ago, to have Twitter and Facebook built into Siri to say to Siri, you know, send a tweet, you know, post to Facebook. Unfortunately, their their contract lost with that, but I'm hoping those kind of things will come back with Siri shortcuts where I can say again, post to Facebook or read my Twitter or, you know, send somebody a message. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I've been able to do just basically with Siri shortcuts now, even though the app isn't totally available in the beta. I mean, I've been able to go in and add things for the podcasts app and for messages, things that are more advanced than what you usually do. You know, play a particular. Playlist in podcast or a particular library, uh, you know, that I've set up in my or a particular playlist I've set up in my library, or one of the ones I like is in the news app. Instead of having to scroll down and find a particular topic of news, say technology, for instance, I can actually say now, "View technology news" to Siri, and it opens up news oh, directly cool. to the technology list, you know, of all the technology stories. So to be able to do that and jump to things more quickly. Again, it's going to help the workflow of everyone, but especially those of us who are using Voiceover and having to navigate things to be able to just ask Siri to dive in deep into an app to a certain setting or a certain yeah. function uh, or a series of functions, because that that's the be thing awesome. that they talked about at WWDC was say, you know, um, you know I'm on my way home, and then you know, tell that to Siri and then it will, you know, turn on your lights, it'll notify somebody that you're on your way, it'll turn on the coffee pot, and you know, all these kind of different things that it'll do. So not only just individual actions, but multiple actions that it can take for you. Uh, you know, just like your Amazon Echo can do. Uh, our, all of us know uh, Sean Priest that I work with on the Double Tap show and on uh, Tech Talk in the UK he has one set up for his amazon echo for when he goes into his studio and he'll say i believe something like um you know turn on studio or or uh, you know Set up the setup studio, something like that. It'll turn on the fan. It'll turn on the lights. It'll boot up his computer. You know, does all these different things all without on his echo. Imagine being able to do those kind of things with Siri shortcuts using your iPhone or your Apple Watch and, and doing very similar type things. So I think this, they tried to say, okay, there's no big major feature. I think this is going to be a fantastic feature for, for
2: all of us to be able to use. I would agree with that. That sounds really, really promising.
1: So guys, a few other things that are notable in iOS 12 that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we wrap up here, uh, quickly just with with a couple of apps. Like I said, podcast app, uh, they have reorganized some things. They've put the names of podcasts in front of uh, of each episode. So when you go into the podcast app, it used to be it would just have whatever title of that episode that a person gave it. So you you wouldn't necessarily know unless they said in the title or said in the body of it or the show notes what the uh, what the show was. Now they actually by by default all of them have in in your library the name of the show followed by whatever title the the you know, podcast producer put in there and then the show notes as a podcaster. I'm very happy about that because they say when you set up, uh, iTunes, you know, now for your podcast, don't include the name of your show in your title anymore. They, they actually encourage you not to do that, not to put an episode t- number in anymore. And now I understand why, because with iOS 12, they're putting them in automatically. You can see the episode number, you can see the t- the name of the show. And so to put it in second, you know, second, the, uh, secondarily into the title is just redundant. And so you don't need to do that. Like I said before, you can, um, you can edit things a lot easier and manage and, and, uh, move things around a lot easier, uh, reordering things a lot easier. And that's not just in the podcast app. That's in all different apps where they've, they've added that. Another thing within, uh, the Apple music app, you can now search by lyrics, which is something you can do with like your Amazon echo. You can ask your echo, you know, what's that song that goes, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it'll, (laughs) it'll usually most of the time get it right and tell you what that song is. Um I yeah, with that. um, yeah, fantastic. Mine,
0: <laughs> m- mine, uh, mine, mine, doesn't do that when I I try that. It tells me to stop.
1: It just says, "Oh, Jay, just oh, stop." That song doesn't exist, right? Uh <laughs>
0: well, no, it's my, my singing. And there's a the reason why I'm a DJ and I talk and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, leave so. the singing to the professionals,
1: <laughs> Jay. Um, right, yeah, but uh, but now you can just, just type in a lyric into uh, Apple Music. So, of course, search for album, artist, you know, title, things like that. But if you don't know any of that. You just know a couple lines or a couple words. You can type that in. And I've tried that out in the beta and it works really nicely to just type in the the lyrics, see a couple words here and there and uh, be able to do that. So that's a nice feature. Two other things that I think are quite notable and, and really important to just the way you use your phone one of them, I think a lot of people will use. The other one, I think it depends on your personality and, and how you may use it or not. The first thing, guys, is grouping your notifications. So Notification Center, I don't know about you guys, but I get notifications for a lot of things. Even so many things that I turn off, I still get tons of notifications and they get to be a mess. And it's just like, okay, what was this? When did it come in? I, oh, how did I miss that? And now they're grouping them by uh app. So if your mail app sent you a bunch of notifications at once, it will all be in a group that you can expand and look at all the notifications at once, or, you know, whatever it is, you can actually see them grouped in the notification center to more easily navigate them, organize them, view them. I, I really like this idea, guys.
0: I think it's got a lot of potential because I actually only today signed up uh, and I got notifications going for the uh, Sports Center app because uh, I'm just kind of curious to see how uh, you know uh, how the, how things are going. You know, we're getting into the end of baseball season and things like that, so you know, getting uh, a bit curious. And all day today, I'm getting notifications. Uh, about different things all the breaking news before i figured out how to go in and turn that part off so uh but i must have there must be a dozen different things that actually came in here and like going into my notification center i see all of those there tap them down then i have a a couple of other things it's absolutely brilliant it cleans this thing up so much
2: i'll be very Uh, thankful for that with twitter because you know now I've got the notes coming in with Twitter and I have you know I'm using Twitter because as my the, the favorite app of, of choice for me is you know they've it still works brilliantly. it's just you don't get the, not, the instant notifications of stuff. So this is a really good, very timely iOS upgrade that I will make a lot of use of <laughs> once I, I get my notifications group for Twitter. that'll just be. Yeah, awesome. I feel
1: like I can get my head around my notifications a lot better. I can organize things better. I don't feel like I'm missing things. Uh, sometimes I I don't care if I miss them because sometimes notifications are just you know silly or redundant. It's like ah, yeah. okay I don't care. But you can very quickly very easily get rid of those notifications. You can pause things. You can you know do a lot of things with it that you couldn't do before. And the grouping of them, you know, like you guys said, is just is so nice and just makes your day seem a lot more organized and a lot easier, less stressful. It sounds like silly thing but it truly that one minor little thing can make such a big difference
0: that i you know something though i gotta i gotta interject there that goes right back to the topic that we started this whole thing with simplicity making things more streamlined right same type of thing it's those little features that do a big thing so it's not one big feature it's a pile of little ones so it just it it, it, it's reiterated right there again so you know i think we like i i said it earlier and i'll stand by my my comment i think we're looking at a new apple and i think
1: it's awesome it definitely is awesome and what is even more of an extension of the new apple is yes of course they want us to buy new products they want us to be on these products as much as possible because the more we're on them the more apps we buy and the more money they get and and the more things that we can do uh you know more money in their pocket at the same time, and this is probably due to a lot of social pressure and political pressure, uh, culturally as well. And, and Google is doing this as well in, in their Android phones. When Apple Pie, they or Apple Pie with Android Pie, they've done this. Um, they, I was wondering if you're going to do that. <laughs> I, I do it all the time, unfortunately. Um, but um, yeah, so with iOS 12, they've introduced a new feature called Screen Time. So what this will do is. For for good or bad, I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. Um, this will track really to any certain level that you want it to. You can customize this a little bit, but it basically will tell you how long you have been in a particular app. You can set timers, which I like this for children purposes. For my my daughter, I like the idea of being able to say, "All right, fine, you can go on YouTube Kids, but I'm putting on an hour timer." And uh, when that hour is up, it locks her out. And if she doesn't know the password uh, or doesn't hack the password, as kids can, uh, crazy kids can do sometimes, um, she's done. That's it. The one hour is over. You know, I-, I like that. You can do that, of course, for yourself. Say, you know what, I only want to be on this app for an hour a day or, you know, total in you know, two hours a day. And when that time is up, whether it was cons- you know consecutive or not, that's it. Um, but then at the end of the week, you get a report, and you can check on this throughout the week and see what it's done and what you've done. But it'll tell you to the app how much time that week you spent using that particular app, how much time you were in it per day, how many hours, how many hours total you were on your phone just uh, as a whole, uh, total hours for the week. And you get this painted picture of how you're using your iPhone. It also tells you the genre of apps. So if you were using entertainment apps or productivity apps, it'll group those together to tell you how often you were using those it's a great feature and a horrible feature all at the same time because the first (laughs) the first week i got my report at the end of the week i was (laughs) shocked Uh, i shouldn't have been um because i know how much i use my phone but 26 hours it was not far off probably but um (laughs) no i mean like per day i think it was like you know one time it was you average 18 hours a day on your phone i'm like i'm barely up 18 hours but okay um you know and then it went down like 13 hours i'm like okay that's a little little better but still still a problem probably but that being said as a as a blind person you guys can appreciate we're on our phones a lot more than maybe the average person because we're getting audio-described content or watching movies or uh, scanning things with something like Seeing AI or contacting people with uh, Be My Eyes or Ira. So we're using books. I yeah, re- reading absolutely yeah. reading audiobooks. I'm constantly reading audiobooks or Kindle books. Um, you know, listening to things that are audio described, like I said. So so much of not just my productivity, my social media networking, and my entertainment all is done on my phone. So things that I would maybe otherwise have done, if I if I had vision, I would probably do them on my television uh, or my home computer. And I would just be spending that time on those things. I'm just doing it all on my phone. So I, I'm not really too surprised. That being said, I think this is a great tool if used properly, especially, like I said, if you have kids, this is a great tool to be able to see how much they're using their phone, limit the amount they're using their phone, uh, you know, and that kind of thing with parental restrictions. I, I kind of like this, whether, you know, whether it was a socially, you know, pressured thing or not, whatever the reasons were, it's funny, they, like I said, they want us to be on our phones as much as possible. And then they give us a device to make sure we're not on our phones as much as possible. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing. Do you guys think so?
2: Yeah, like I'll be interested to see what what uh, the social outfall fallout from this is in terms of you know parents versus kids uh, versus uh, teachers, Wh- who is going to get access to this information ultimately? Uh, if you're on a, an iPhone in a business, right? I mean, suddenly, how much can your employer tell about what you've spent your time oh, doing? Oh yeah, I didn't right? think about that. And where you've been, uh, you know. It uh, I can sort of see privacy rights activists kind of. Looking askance at this a little bit.
0: If you're having a work phone, I think it's up to the employer. If you, if if my employer were to give me an iPhone tomorrow, and uh, you know, and has a they they have their own they have their right to look at that phone and see what the heck is going on, because it's their phone. It's it's their it's their property as far as I, it's and everything you do on it is essentially should be business related. If you're doing personal stuff, you use your own phone for it. Um, you know, and my wife, uh, for an example, she did have a, a, business phone at one point and her own phone and she would carry both. So, you know, we'd have the, the work phone there, but again, they could come at any moment and it wasn't an iPhone at the time. It was uh, an older Blackberry. So they could, they could come and get that one and look at it and see whatever, whatever she's been doing. So I think, yeah, I do is, you know, think that the privacy folks are going to be taking a good hard look at this thing. But uh, I think uh, you know, with regards to business and things like that, you know, uh, this is where business owners, uh, you know, they have the right to do so because they're paying for it. So I say, yeah, go for it. As far as with uh, kids and things like that at home, I think it's a great thing because one of the things, and I have a six year- old little boy, he'll be seven now in, uh, in uh, December. I can't believe I almost forgot that time, right? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well, we won't tell Whoa!
0: Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the kids these days, they are addicted to screens. So being able to limit their time in that respect, I mean, if, it, if you know, I as a parent use this thing as a tool, I think it's fantastic, you know, and, uh, you know, with regards to that, but like I said, with the employers and stuff like that, I mean, if if I'm supposed to be doing work on that phone, I shouldn't be going and looking at other sites, shall we say, if it's, you know, not work related, so. And it's a way to keep tabs because then you look at what it, what is it, what's the big terminology now uh, in uh, some of the workplaces, uh, time theft, right? You exactly. know, you hear that, you hear that a lot. So I think it's a way to actually try and probably curb a little bit of that as well. So, you know, it's, it's very new. It's an infant uh, in the grand scheme of things right now. So it's, uh, Let's see what they do with it.
1: Yeah, I think it's something that will develop over time. I mean, it's in its infancy, like you said, and the basic features of it, I'm really intrigued by as much as it scares me when I see that report every week um, or startles me, I should say. <laughs> um, it, it is a great feature. And as as we said, for parents, I think it's a great feature for businesses. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be some question of privacy issues here. However, you're not going to do that without signing an agreement to use that phone. They're going to say, all right, we'll give you yeah. an iPhone for work yeah. purposes, um, and, and here's the do's and don'ts, here's our requirements, and you're going to have to probably, in a good employer situation, good employment situation, you're going to have to sign something for that, I would hope. If you don't, Ask them to write something up. If you're hearing my voice, um, don't don't do that without <laughs> signing something to know your rights and their rights. Agree to something, will you? Absolutely, because um, that Absolutely. protects you as well as them. But uh, but that aside, yeah, I think that there could be some privacy questions. But there's always that kind of thing with with things like this when you know with these type of features come out. But uh, Apple's weathered that before with uh, privacy concerns about different things on the phone, and their encryption is is so good. You know, I don't just say that as an Apple. Fanboy. I mean that that is uh, the truth. They're, they're they're you know despite the Australian kid that hacked into them uh, a few months ago or a month ago whatever it was. Uh, that being said, you know the the phones themselves are encrypted so well and, and they are so hard to break uh, you know into and get that information. So I, I don't think that it'll ultimately be an issue. But again, this is something that we can keep an eye on because I think over time. It'll be interesting to see what kind of features they add to this and/or take away from it, and to see how screen time develops, uh, you know, in, in future updates. So, so guys, I think we have definitely covered the high points of the event this week. We've talked a lot about iOS 12 and what it's going to offer when it comes out here next week. I know I'm looking forward to iOS 12. I love the beta so far. It makes my phone so much better, so much faster. Uh, it's a it's a really Good experience very nice experience and it only seems to keep getting better i'm looking forward to these phones and i'm so desperate for the apple watch I, i'm just i'm ready i've been ready for months for this apple watch uh no, there's nothing wrong with my my series one it is a little slow but knowing how much faster the three was and now how much faster the four is i just oh my gosh i can't wait oh
0: yeah i i, I can i can almost, i can almost see that you're giddy like you know you're I just am. like yeah, like a like a little like a little schoolboy at christmas you know like you're just there every time
1: i hear somebody say yeah new series for apple watch i just go yay it's just I, i'm just so excited <laughs> I, I just can't help myself it's like you know the phone yeah okay maybe but no the watch i, I yeah i'm 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 ready so that being said guys you're as, as we're wrapping up here uh have each of you give kind of your overall thoughts uh about the event and and just anything you want to say uh and, you know, to to conclude this about the uh the event mike why don't you go ahead and go first
2: all righty. Well, I mean, the event. I, I'm glad I, I took the time to hear it. It was a long event, I found, uh, but very worth listening to. Some of the the parts where they they showed off, um, the, you know, some of that geekery, as, as as you say, in terms of the game development and stuff. I wish I could play some of those. I mean, the the sound. They're actually getting to the point where the sound in these things, Dolby Atmos, uh, that sounds like it would be really really neat to oh, experience. Yeah. Uh, so that that I am I'm looking forward to seeing what that translates into for us eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think the event was was pretty polished and uh, you know no major guffaws. Uh, you know they all did did the usual polished job with it. Uh, you know the the iPhones themselves uh, there it took two generations, but I am tempted now. I you know if money were no object, it would be a no brainer uh you know the, the especially the XR the 10R um, that uh, that really is I, I think where i would i would put my my money and and get at least uh, at least the 128 if not the 256 gigs uh but that that is uh it, it, the, the, i think their their pricing is is reasonably good now they have dropped a lot of the other phones out of the lineup down uh the, the 10 uh and uh that that surprised me uh, now, I am glad that, that we're now under the second generation of the hardware for, for the Face ID and the wireless charging now. It's gone through that ultimate test of being out there in the world. And uh, so I'm sure they've learned and tweaked things on these new phones and in, in those features that have now had their public run. Uh, and it's, so I think, yeah, it, it's we're at a, a good point hardware-wise. And iOS 12, I am very much looking forward to stability, The, the, the these little – uh, tweaks. I'm hoping for a lot more voiceover stability. Some, some, you know, better options for, for maybe spell checking would be great. Uh, making that a bit easier. Uh, that would be awesome as a writer. Uh, we all have our pet wants for this thing, but I am expecting to be really, very pleased with with iOS 12.
0: Very good, Jay. Your final thoughts. Oh, I think uh, you know my thoughts on the whole event, I think i've uh, I've reiterated a couple of times throughout the uh, show here tonight that uh, you know this is a very exciting time for us looking at the Apple products. Like I am very excited about the watch yes i'm kind of in the same boat you are tim and my wife will probably give me a smack for hearing this but uh you know i would really really like to uh you know to get my hands on that and just to kind of really see where they've gone with it because uh, i found as a person with a visual impairment i didn't think the watch was going to be right and i will say this and uh i was pleasantly surprised to see how much i could use it given my my visual condition and, th- and things like that so it was very very surprising to see you know the the level of functionality that i had with it so seeing what they got done now i think it's gonna be awesome those new gold colors are really sick i like them a lot like you know so i'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna throw that right out there right if my wife was actually listening hint, hint nudge nudge you know christmas is around the corner and so is my birthday so just saying right but anyway uh, with that, with regard to the phones, uh, we, this is exactly what we expected. You know, um, I think it, the same, t- it was the same kind of tone as WWDC that, uh, you know, they're focusing on the refinements and the, the subtle improvements and making the ex- overall experience better. And I think their offerings for phones this year uh, cover a lot of different palettes of what uh, folks are going to be looking for. Uh, whether you're looking for this super big screen, uh, you're looking for the double cameras to do the photography if you're into it, or if uh, you're like probably the most of us in the visually impaired community, will take that you know slightly larger device because it'll be a little bit uh, you know of a different one to kind of hold on to, uh, with all of the same you know guts and internals as the big dog. But, uh, you know, at a little bit of a cheaper price, uh, I, think, uh, I think they've really hit a sweet spot there. And uh, like I said a little earlier this evening, I think Apple are really starting to focus on the refinements now. And, uh, you know, not ignoring the older phones, uh, promoting longevity, which is fabulous. I mean, going back to the 5S, I think it's, uh, I think it's, a, it's a great time to, uh, to be involved in this market. And uh, anybody doing their upgrades at this point in time are going to be very, very happy anybody who's not quite ready for an upgrade like myself uh you know phone wise for one you know are going to be in for a, a real treat when our time does come so i think it's only going to get better from here
1: agreed well said and that's our two bits on the whole uh, apple event this week for the listeners out there curious to know what your thoughts were about the apple event so you can send your emails with your questions or comments about it to tim at life after again i want to thank my guests this week jay taylor and mike fair if you guys want to hear more from jay and mike if you're in Canada, tune in to AMI Audio, and uh, you can catch them here and there between Oh Kelly and Company live from Studio Five, occasionally on Double Tap Canada, uh, a plethora of different shows. You can catch them on on AMI Audio, and uh, all around the interwebs, you can you can find these guys uh, up to no good uh, when it comes to technology <laughs> online. But uh, Jay, Mike, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on Life After Blindness.
2: Absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks,
0: man. It was a, it was a great bit of fun.